You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Think of the eternal and not the temporal. Sometimes what we see is what is before our eyes. God sees the big picture. He's way ahead of us. We think about today. God thinks about tomorrow. We think of our comfort. God thinks about your growth in character. We want an easy way out. God wants to take us and make us better through it. So as we go through these difficult times, let us always point each other into the arms of Almighty God. The darkest, hardest times of my life have always been the ones that have drawn me closer to Jesus. They're the times that I learned how desperately I need Him, and also how great and mighty His love is for me. Trouble is here to stay, but we have one true hope, and that's our Savior who knows what He's doing. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 14, as he continues his message, The Cure for a Troubled Heart. Jesus wanted to give their troubled hearts hope. If your heart's troubled today, Jesus wants to give you that hope too. He wants to be tender with you too. He's not angry with you if your hearts are troubled. He's not angry with you if you're questioning him on the whys, the wheres, the hows. He's not angry with you. He has compassion for you, and he knows the answer. And what he wants to do is he wants to take your eyes off the circumstances, and he wants to put them on the assurance of a future hope in heaven with him. He wants to say, get your eyes off of that and look beyond. Look what's coming. Look what's promised. He wants us to have a lasting faith. He wants us to have a victorious faith. Look what he says in Part B of 14, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Jesus gives us the prescription for a troubled heart. He gives us the cure, if I can say that, for a troubled heart. Jesus says the cure for your troubled heart is nothing more, nothing less than faith. Believe in God. Also believe in Jesus. He's telling his disciples to believe that Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. He's telling his disciples to put all their trust, all their hope, all their faith in him, looking at the glorious hope, even in the spite of the circumstances. You know, when we look out and all we see are circumstances, all we see is damage and hopelessness and pain and disgust and despair and discouragement. When that's all we can see, we're looking at the wrong things. We're looking at the wrong things. And Jesus now wants to give his disciples assurance. He wants to give them his great assurance. He says, believe on me. All this is the basis for our hope. Faith in Jesus Christ. You know the definition in the Bible for faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Why should we believe? I'll tell you why. Because when we focus on our trouble, doubt creeps in. 
Doubt sneaks in. And what is doubt? Doubt is the destroyer of life. Doubt is lack of confidence because doubt means you're putting your confidence in yourself. Doubt can affect your actions. It can affect the way you think, things you say, and what you do. Doubt in God's faithfulness not only causes an indescribable inner torment, it produces and prolongs our agony. Doubt will wipe you out. I just rhymed. (laughs) Jesus said, you believe in God? Great, but believe in me also. Faith is trusting in God when his plan goes against our human reason or experience. Trusting in God when everything around you seems to be falling apart. Trusting in God and God alone, not trusting in yourself. Trusting in God when all you see is the hurt, all you see is the pain, all you see is the trouble. When you are trusting God in the midst of that, your faith is strengthened and it builds up. And that cures your troubled heart. That will cure your troubled heart. Jesus is saying that faith should be the reality of your life. Why? Because by faith, we are looking forward to a glorious future, a heavenly future. And then Jesus takes their eyes off of their troubled heart and he points it to heaven. He points it to heaven. He says, this is the reality, folks, your future home. Right there in heaven. When we focus on our glorious future in heaven, our faith is strengthened, knowing what awaits us, thus giving us hope, thus ending hopelessness. Faith looks forward, not behind. Did you hear what I said? Faith looks forward, not behind. Jesus wanted his disciples to look forward. Even the apostle Paul picked on that. Philippians 3, in verse 13 and 14, he says, One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, he's looking forward. He's not looking back. He's not looking back at past pains, at past hurts, at past victories. He's looking forward to the future in Jesus Christ. He's looking forward to the prize of the high calling, what we were called for, heaven. Jesus continues in verse 2, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And this is a great assurance. Hearing this, the disciples would have great assurance. He's saying, okay, guys, listen, believe in me. I know what I'm doing. And guess what? I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I love that. Jesus is giving hope to the hopeless. He's giving hope where there is no hope, a place where we can't even understand, a place so glorious, so wonderful, that none of the writers of the Bible could explain or describe this place. A beautiful, wonderful place, a glorious place where there's no pain, no tears, no death. A beautiful, wonderful, glorious place, which is our home. Because in reality, Paul says, we're citizens of heaven. Right now, we are citizens of heaven and we belong there. It's our home that awaits us. So have hope, have faith. Jesus is saying, believe that Father sent me and I'm going back. And when I'm there, I'm going to prepare a place for you because in my Father's house, there are many rooms. There are many places to abide. There are many places for you and me and everybody else who believes. And we're gonna have a grand old time when we get there and make sure about that. But you wanna make sure you have a ticket to get home. Jesus is telling them in heaven's a real place. It's not some imagined fairy tale. 
It's not some imagined tale that religious people dreamed up. It's a real place. Heaven is real. It's a place where God dwells and where Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of God the Father. He is there right now. And throughout Scripture, listen to what Scripture describes heaven as. It's described as a kingdom. It's described as an inheritance. It's described as a country. It's described as a city. It's described as a home. And it's described as our home. David spoke about the Father's house. At the end of Psalm 23, and I will dwell in the what? House of the Lord forever. I will dwell there with my father. David had that insurance. He had the assurance of what was to come. And we should have that too. As Christians, we should have that assurance. That should be our hope. That should be what we glean to. That should be what we think about. Jesus was telling the guys that, hey guys, I know your hearts are troubled. I know your anxiety is raging and anxiety is fear of the future. But I want to tell you one thing. Your future is secure. Your future is secure. And as a Christian, our future is secure. It's secure. We don't have to worry about the future. Remember he told them not to worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. The Father's going to take care of them. He'll take care of the tomorrows. He was telling them the Father will take care of all your needs. Now remember. Remember how Jesus is saying these things in what context. He is saying them in the face of the cross. He's saying them with the cross staring right at his face. He reminded them that don't let your hearts be troubled from, you've got to believe in God and what God has said in the scriptures. Obviously, they had forgotten about what God had said in the scriptures. All through the scriptures, God has said that Jesus would be crucified, the Messiah would die, and he would be raised again on the third day. The Bible clearly speaks of this, but they forgot God's word. And thus, they became frightened. They became fearful. Their hearts became troubled because they forgot God's word. Same thing happens to us. Same thing happens to us. We have God's word, and he has asked us to believe it and have faith that it's true, to place all our trust in him, to take his word or to believe it. But sometimes circumstances overwhelm us and we lose sight of this. And I venture to say, when the circumstances get to be so difficult and so tough, you don't even look to that. We put this on a shelf someplace, thinking, oh, this is only for times when I feel good. This is only for times when things are going well in my life. Then I'll read the word of God. How foolish. How foolish. When this is what we need most of all. Because in here is God's assurance. It's God's assurance of his love. By reading this and gleaning from it, we become steadfast and immovable. His word is truth. You have to believe that. You have to make a choice whether his word is true or not. Jesus gave them the reality of faith. He gave them the reality of heaven, and then he gives them the reality of his return. And let's look back at verse 3. Jesus says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, you may be also. What a promise. What a glorious promise we have from the Lord himself. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm going to come back and receive you to myself that where I am, you can be. 
You can be with me forever in his glorious pace. Yes. Yes. Some will go through the valley of the shadow of death. Yes, they will. But those who are alive when Jesus returns will never see death. Those who are alive when Jesus returns and the trumpet sounds and we're caught up into the air in this great moment we call rapture will not see death. And then all of a sudden we'll be changed. We'll be like him. We'll see him as he really is. And we'll be changed in an instant in a twinkle of an eye. We'll be caught up in the air, which is where we get our word rapture. Arpezo, caught up, snatched away. Brothers and sisters, don't lose sight of this promise. This promise should ever be before our eyes because this promise has yet to be fulfilled. And it's my thought, it's my conjecture that it will be fulfilled before our time is done. Maybe in about two seconds from now. Don't lose sight of this, the promise that will be with him forever. Don't lose sight of the big picture. The disciples lost sight of the big picture. They lost sight of everything that they had learned, everything that they had heard, and what happened to them? Their hearts became troubled. Their hearts became troubled. To everything that they looked at, their life was falling apart. But to Jesus, everything was coming together. Everything was coming together just the way it was planned. Jesus promised the disciples that they would be with him in heaven. And guess what? The Lord kept his promise to those disciples. They went to the Lord via the shadow of death, that valley. And the Lord received them. And they're dwelling in his kingdom right now. He kept his word. And he will keep his word to us. He will keep his word to us. And that should give us great assurance. It should calm that troubled heart. It should calm that problem that keeps nagging at us. He said, where I am, you'll be. Jesus wants the disciples with a troubled heart, he wants you with a troubled heart to focus on heaven, to know that that's your assurance. Paul tells us that that is our home and that we are citizens of heaven. And the great thing about heaven, Jesus is there. The entire focus of heaven is being reunited with Jesus. Heaven's not heaven because the streets of gold. It's not heaven because the pearly gates of the glassy sea. It's not heaven because the presence of angels. It's heaven because the presence of Jesus Christ. It's heaven because of that. We take comfort in knowing that even as he prepares a place for us, he is right now preparing us for that place. He is making us ready. Jesus is telling you guys the same thing this morning. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Have faith. Keep your focus on the eternal. Focus on heaven. Focus on my soon return. You might be going through some difficulties right now. You might be going through some difficulties, and I'm not minimizing anyone's difficulty because your difficulty is real, and your pain involved in difficulties, and there's hurt involved in difficulties, and there might be tears involved in difficulties, there might be, might be other things involved in difficulties. I'm not trying to minimize that, because they're real. But during the time you might be thinking, Lord, do you really know what you're doing? I mean, Lord, do you really know what you're doing right now? Things don't look like you know what you're doing, Lord. I mean, they look pretty bad. 
They look really miserable, Lord. I don't know. Yet we must believe that God knows exactly what he was doing, even with you. In a world of pain and hopelessness, the ultimate cure for the troubled heart is faith in God and Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means we need to find the meaning in difficult situations by praying through the pain. It means we need to face the failure in faith. We need to face disappointment with hope. The world is hurting. And here comes the good news. More storms are on the way. More storms are on the way. But we need to be strong in the storms, believing that God does work all things together for good, for those that are the called according to his purpose and love him. We must think of the eternal and not the temporal. Sometimes what we see is what is before our eyes. God sees the big picture. He's way ahead of us. We think about today. God thinks about tomorrow. We think of our comfort. God thinks about your growth in character. We want an easy way out. God wants to take us and make us better through it. So as we go through these difficult times, let us always point each other into the arms of Almighty God. We need to point each other into the arms of God who is the cure for a troubled heart. We must take God at his word even when we don't feel like it. God will always be faithful to his word. And let me leave you with the words to the nation Israel. And they are just as true today for us that have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior as they were when they were written by the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 43, look at what he says. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. How many times did we sing about your name today? How many wonderful songs did we have? Your name, a strong and mighty tower. Your name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. So we've been called by that name. And he says, you are mine. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, you belong to him. You're a child of the Most High God. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And he wants to pour that love out upon you. And then he says this, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I love that. And I have loved you. And then in verse 5, fear not, for I am with you. And he goes on, and he continues to say, For everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. And he continues, and he said, I, even the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. Wow. You know, knowing that we belong to the Lord, knowing that he has called us, that he has adopted us, that he has chosen us, that he has given us salvation through Jesus Christ, that he has raised us up to be his children. When you know that, wow, how can fear possibly get in the way? How can a troubled heart possibly sneak into that knowledge of him? But it does. We have to know that he holds us in his hand and he protects us and he guards us and he cares for us. We have to know that he would not have created us, he would not have redeemed us, nor would he have called us unless he intended to finish the work that he started in us. 
How can we be afraid when we know that God is for us? How can we even fear when we know God is for us? He's looking out for our interest. He says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be there. He's not only there, but he carries us through the water. Any obstacle that you can think of, he's right there. He's right there in the midst. Where was he when this happened? Right there. He was right there beside you. How about the deep waters? I'll be with you. You got to walk through fire? You're not going to be burned, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Thrown in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar looks in and says, wait a minute, how many guys did we throw in there? Well, we threw three. Then how come there's a fourth one in there and he looks like the son of God? They pulled him out and nothing was singed, nothing was burned, including the rope on their hands. This scripture right here, you won't get burned when you walk through the fire. You won't get burned. I love that story. God will be with us in the toughest of circumstances. He will be with us in the easiest of circumstances. He will be with us when there aren't any circumstances. God is always with us. Do you get the picture? Do you hear what we're saying is? Why did he say, I will never leave you nor forsake you? Trials come and trials go. Sometimes we face deep waters. Sometimes there are rivers. Sometimes there are oceans coming at us full force. Floods overwhelm. Then there's the fire. What does the fire do? The fire consumes. But God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Our God helps. He's a strong tower we can run into. He's our refuge. He's our strength. Do I have to continue giving you all these adjectives for you to understand how much God loves you? In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of that heart that's gone, there's no hope here. We're done. We're through. God is saying, have faith. Believe in me. God is calling you to a deep faith, a faith that lasts, not some trumped-up faith, not some make-believe faith. He's calling you to a deeper faith. He's calling you deeper still. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to strengthen you so you can walk through the fire because he's right beside you. He wants to give you a hope and assurance that there's a place for you, and it's called heaven. There's a place for you that's called heaven, and it's a glorious and wonderful place that he will give to you, that he will take you to. And he's either going to come and grab you and take you, or we'll go through the valley of the shadow of death, and he'll still meet us there. Brothers and sisters, if I could leave you with one thing, i got to tell you, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. In the midst of the woe, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the horrible times that have befallen us and will continue to befall us until he comes home, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Believe in him. Trust in him. Believe that he is the Son of God and believe that there is salvation in no other name because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. You are a sure We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. 
You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.